Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England Zone, Van Helsing. And with me all the way across the pond is the one and only gold standard in ghost hunting, the most infamous Steve Possums. Good evening. How are you, Ron? Outstanding. You sound so, very, you sound very, are you, um, what are you, recovering from sea clams or ghost hunting? Which is it? Neither. I'm in my office doing my thing. Well, can you put a bit more life into it? It is life. I'm being refined, can't you tell? Ah, it is life, but not as anybody else knows it. So you were ghost hunting at my favourite location on Saturday night without me again. You always do when I'm not there, don't you? Uh, that's planned that way. Yeah, I'm beginning to suspect it might be planned that way. So yeah, how was it? How was the old place then? It was outstanding. I did notice the pictures um, with some dismay. Um, did I see a K two in the middle of the floor? Uh, I don't know if there was a K two. I'm sure there might have been at one time, but there was. I'm uh, sure, there was a photograph of a K two in the middle of the floor. Okay, I'm sure there was. Uh, there was that was a. That was a big surprise. Why? Well, I thought we'd got rid of all them. It wasn't my cave. No, we use them a lot in America. I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah. I suppose they're, they're, I mean, we use them. They make great paperweights. Mm. Hey, they're I've... Not, um, they're not very I've, heavy. I've, sorry? They're not very heavy. No, but I've, I, I gained a new career uh, line today. Really? Yeah. Oh, you sound so excited. Mm. Advisor to trading standards on things paranormal. How about that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Trading standards is like a consumer rights uh, official protection agency in the UK. Um, Yeah. So uh, they they look after things like mis-selling, you know, fraud, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, But obviously, you know, when it comes to certain... Things like uh, they have had a number of complaints about paranormal equipment uh, that doesn't detect ghosts, but they can't proceed the cases um, or the investigations because they they lack the expertise. So uh, that and in other related areas of the paranormal, uh, they now come to me as a consultant. Who does? uh, British Trading Standards. British training standards. No, trading, trading standards. It's all way too confusing. Yeah, don't you have any? Don't you have any consumer legislation in America? Uh, yeah, but only on serious stuff. Well, it is serious stuff. It's like you know, cars and houses and fraudulent people selling crap and making claims that aren't true and can't be substantiated. Well, 
you were talking about the paranormal, so I, I don't see what the problem is on that. Well, it's a problem if somebody sells you a meter, to, specifically where it's uh, they're selling it to detect ghosts and making claims that it detects ghosts. And uh, how can you uh, disprove well, it? I'm sorry, I just don't understand that. Uh, well, you can't disprove it, but you can explain what they lack is the expertise to explain the mechanisms by which the meters are actually working. That they're in fact that they're designed to do normal things, like in the case yeah, of the K two, for example. Explain that it's not speaking the ghost. You cannot prove that it isn't. So therefore, I yeah. But you see, now you see, you're you're using one of the one of the the, the strangest and silliest arguments ever. Um, I mean, if I held a tennis ball in my hand and told you it was a, a ghost detector. Then mm -hmm. by your by your logic, um, then you I could sell it you as a ghost detecting tennis ball, because there is no couldn't... reason why you shouldn't. I mean, we sell uh, ghosts. There's a lot of there's a lot of very good reasons why you shouldn't. It defies well, all logic, reason, and common sense. Okay, but maybe in the UK, but not in America. We sell ghosts in the bottle. We sell ghosts. In yeah, the... yeah, 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 yeah. We have them over here now. We have. Do you know how many haunted dolls there are on eBay? Exactly. So uh, I don't. How, I mean, how 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 can you have that many haunted dolls for Christ? Buyer beware. If you're not, you know, it's it's up to you to do it. I don't understand why there should be. Well, why do they? Well, it's the same reason. Why do they start paranormal shows with uh, for entertainment purposes only? If you can't prove that they're not doing an actual investigation. I always don't start that way. Come on, what? Well, they do over here because maybe because we're more enlightened over here and we can actually prosecute people yeah, for being. No, I don't do that. No, they, they just go on. Well, you see, there you go. We're two hundred years. A far and more intelligent population than the UK, and uh, well, we, we know just have a two hundred year head start over you in terms of regulating these half wits oh, and making no. sure that people are not selling ghost ball tennis detectors. Uh, Tennis anyway, ball, ghost detectors. Without further ado, let me introduce uh, our guest. Uh, he is uh -huh. someone who I have known for a long time. He is a paranormal investigator. He is and was, I mean, was on TV in Haunted Evidence, and he is also now uh, working with Savannah Torres, and he is the famous, and I'll say that, famous Patrick Burns. It says world famous. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> Hi, Patrick. Doing great. I'm sorry about Ron. He's a bit squabbly tonight. <laughs> we love Ron. Ron's awesome. Uh, yeah, Patrick, uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, Steve thinks that he is now the governing body for... No, he's not. That's not what he said. Don't, don't make it up. And, uh, you know, the, he could actually tell you whether a ghost hunting or, <sighs> or there not. You go. So, no, uh, you said... Now you see why. Now you see why we have a problem. Why is that? Because you're just made. You just made up an entire statement there. I just got what you told me. <laughs> I anyway, said I am acting as an advisor to the trading standards in in Britain regarding ghost um, paranormal related phenomena. Okay. I'm having, I'm having flashbacks of the old sitcom uh, The Odd Couple right now. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can only apologize, Patrick. I mean, you were you were on a TV show years ago, and I know we're going to get into the new stuff, but I wanted to go back to the other one. And the TV show you were on was, uh, I believe, Haunted Evidence. Is that correct? Haunting, Haunting Evidence. I yeah, would have. Yes. Um, yep, Haunting Evidence. And you were the the your role was uh, what on the show? 
was the tech, uh, the tech uh, guy, I, I guess. Paranormal investigator was my official title. You know, that's, of course, a very broad, sweeping title. Uh, but I worked alongside a pair of psychics, and we investigated cold cases. I remember the program. In fact, it's airing in the UK, or it's just finished airing in the UK quite yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I got a. I got a message on Facebook. Um, I think it was back in in December that people were like, you know, hey, I'm watching you on True TV yeah. right now, and I was like, what? And you That's know, it, I'm like, yeah. I looked. I turned on our our True TV, uh, on our our satellite system over here, and there was no mention of haunting evidence anywhere. And then I realized this this, this individual was in the UK, and I I didn't realize there was a separate. True TV UK feed that uh, the Turner puts out out there, but apparently they've been rerunning haunting evidence on on, That's uh, right. on True TV UK. They've, there's also a new network here. Uh, we don't get this one either, unfortunately, but it's called the Justice Network, uh, which is kind of I, it sounds like they're picking up the gauntlet that uh, Court TV dropped when they when they when they did switch over to True TV, and uh, looks like this is a network that's uh, exclusively based on crime-related uh, programming. It's called the Justice Network. It just launched back in November, and uh, people have been telling me that they've been they've been catching reruns of Haunting Evidence on uh, on uh, the Justice Network. So yeah, it's, I, all of a sudden there's kind of this uh, this renewed uh, um, uh, uh, interest in the show, and we're we're starting to get some. Uh, some uh, some more screen time and uh, some reruns coming out of it. Uh, in spite of the fact, uh, you know, we haven't produced any new episodes. I think in in seven years now. So it's, uh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, you know, I don't know if if this signals uh, an ushering back in of haunting evidence. Uh, if they're gonna, you know, if there are any if there's any interest in producing new episodes or follow up episodes on some of the cases that we profile, but. Uh, yeah, that's certainly poss- uh, a possibility, I, I suppose. And, um, you know, we'll just see where it goes from there. Otherwise, uh, you know, um, we're, I'm excited that these cases, uh, these unsolved cases, are, are once again getting um, getting some uh, exposure and, uh, you know, the attention that they deserve. So I, I, that's what I want to get about oh. is, is you talked about unsolved cases. So you as a paranormal investigator was using – paranormal investigating techniques to solve actual cases. So bringing some legitimacy to the field, correct? Trying, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, of course, psychics have been used, utilized by um, law enforcement for many, many years uh, with varying degrees of success, of course. Um, You know, it's, and, and one of the problems is for uh, for law enforcement now, uh, especially since the par- paranormal has become so big, is every time there's an unsolved case out there, every time there's a new case, uh, law enforcement agencies get inundated with with requests with quote unquote psychic leads. Uh, you know, some of those are, are possibly legitimate. Many of them are probably wishful thinking, if not outright fraudulent. Um, and law enforcement really is, is kind of in a conundrum these days now in that, you know, they get all of these quote-unquote leads, and, of course, they simply don't have the resources to follow up on every every lead. You know, there has to be uh, some degree of, of, of credibility to it. You know, I just because somebody woke up from a dream and said, you know, I had this, this vision, you know, Law enforcement probably isn't going to follow up on on something like that. They need some more substance to go off of, and uh, you know, with with haunting evidence, we are really trying to yes, legitimize 
um, you know, how psychics might be utilized on a, uh, on a crime scene investigation. But again, here, the, the, the problem is just because a psychic says, you know, this is the profile of the killer you should be looking for, uh, that doesn't give law enforcement the right to go bust down somebody's door and, and throw the cuffs on them and haul them off and charge them with a crime. You know, they need, again, they need more substance than that to go on. Um, and that was kind of the premise of the show. For, um, and for a lot of people, um, the show is very frustrating because uh, it was this this very emotional buildup. You know, uh, you know where we would we would showcase the the, the, the crime and and uh, uh, then we would arrive on the scene and we would interview law enforcement and family members and friends, the victims. Um, and you know, with with only a couple of exceptions, every episode was a cliffhanger. You know, we we ended the, the episode. You know, if you have any further uh, details, please contact. Uh, this police jurisdiction or, you know, the producers of this program. And everybody just sort of felt like, you know, it was this complete buildup. And then, and then, and then, and then it was, you know, the, the switch was flipped off. But that's the fact of the matter. That's what these cases were. These were cold cases. Um, and, you know, unsolved at this, at this time. At, at this point, most of these cases are unsolved. Uh, we we had a tendency on hunting hunting evidence to tackle real real I mean not just cold but these are frigid cases these are brick wall end of an alley you know no place to go uh, law enforcement you know in some instances these these cases were decades old and uh, and you know law enforcement simply you know exhausted all all of their resources and uh, and they remain you know unsolved and I I think I I saw a statistic recently that uh, something like almost 50% of homicides that take place in New York City go unsolved. Uh, it, it, it's a significant number. If it's not 50%, it's 40% or something like that. It was, it was astounding to me that, you know, wow, you go, you go to the Big Apple and you, <laughs> you want to commit murder. You, you've got a, a basically a coin flip chance of getting away with it, beating the rap. Um, and, uh, you know that's that to me is, is 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 one of the tragedies is that this this program uh as well intended as it was the sad truth of it is we would never ever run out of material to cover on the program and um you know i i wish that we had been given uh a little bit more uh time to uh to see if uh you know we we couldn't get to get some more results on some of these cases that we profiled but of course Core TV uh, did their switch over to True TV, and, and uh, the network went in a, a different direction with a different style of programming versus the uh, 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 the true crime programming. At least here in the states, it sounds like the UK has a, a more uh, a, of a renewed interest in uh, in the old program. But uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I think the, sh- the program was was important. It was groundbreaking, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm happy that uh, it's. These cases are once again getting getting some attention that they deserve uh, through through these reruns. I'm hearing about. What uh, I was intrigued uh, because I say I, it's airing in the morning here in the UK um, on one of the on True TV, and uh, it piqued my interest because uh, yeah, I'm I'm very aware of involvements with psychics in. Uh, criminal cases, uh, particularly for missing persons. Um, but I was intrigued at the, the, the concept of using an investigator, a paranormal investigator. Um, what is it that you, yeah. that you 
that you could particularly bring to the to the investigation? Do you feel? Sure, sure. Yeah, that that was when I was contacted by Departure Films, uh, the producers of Haunting Evidence, uh, in June of two thousand five. Um, they told I was first of all I was driving in my car and I saw uh, area code two one two come in a call from two one two and I I pulled over. I just said, Wow, this is interesting. That's Manhattan. I don't know anybody in Manhattan who could be calling me, and I pulled over to to take the call. It turned out to be uh, a, a, a producer from a company called Departure Films, and he told me we're producing a new um, program for uh, for court TV. It's called Haunting Evidence, and it follows the uh, the exploits of um, you know a couple of of, of psychics uh, as they uh, as they work uh, on crime scene on cold cases, homicide, and missing persons cases. And uh, you know, first I'm 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 getting ready to you know let the wind out of their sails and say, well, I'm not a psychic, you know, <laughs> uh, nor nor will I play one on TV. I, I don't, uh, you know, I've never ever felt that I had the uh, the sixth sense, so to speak. Um, but he said, no, we're we're actually we're we've got two psychics on the cast already. He said, what we need is we need a technically minded paranormal investigator uh, on on the cast as well. I'm thinking. Or what you know, and uh, he explained to me. He said, "He said a psychic can stand there on camera all day long and say, I sense this, I feel this, I'm visualizing this.' But you know, there's there's nothing to really validate that, that they might actually be onto something. You know, they 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 could be having a psychic vision, they could be having a delusion of grandeur, <laughs> they could completely be fabricating it. Who knows, right? It's it's not much to really go on." Uh, on, on, for a television network, especially a program that's dealing with a cold case, which, uh, you know, by the end of the program is all likelihood going to still be a cold case. Um, and my role as the paranormal investigator was to set up equipment to try and document evidence paranormal activity at these crime scenes that we visited. In other words, the premise was if a psychic is picking up a hit, that, uh, you know, they're visualizing um, the, the perpetrator of this particular crime, and they see somebody, you know, uh, a, a Caucasian male, let's say, who is six feet tall, has a heavy beard, you know, and they're starting to, to visualize this something. Well, now let's say all of a sudden while this is going down, while they're getting this, this visual coming into them, all of a sudden we experience a, a, a cold spot, you know, a temperature drop unexpectedly where the temperature drops by 30 degrees in one location, okay? Or let's say, you know, maybe uh, an, an abrupt uh, EMF fluctuation happens at the same time that they, 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 they say the victim's name. You know, that might be a possible indicator of paranormal activity going on in that location. It might be something, you know, premise with something from the other side is, is trying to tell them that they're on the right track and keep going, keep running with that, 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 that vision that's coming to them. Um, you know, of course, there were there were many many episodes that we filmed where I got nothing. You know, I I was uh, I was out there, I was running my equipment, but not a whole lot was happening. And then you know, those episodes you don't see very much of me. Um, but the uh, you know the the whole um, that was basically the whole idea in, in a nutshell was to kind of validate and back up what the psychics were coming up with uh, to give you know maybe at, le- at least a little bit more. Uh, credibility to uh, you know what what they were visualizing or seeing or feeling. So yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a very very strange uh, premise at first. I was like, what exactly is my role to be on this program? And they once they defined that for me, I said, okay, I guess I guess that makes sense. I said, you know, 
do and you need to you need to understand something though. I said paranormal activity does not perform on command. I said there are probably going to be many times where we're gonna go out and nothing's gonna happen. You know, I'm not going to get anything and they said that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, we, we wanna we're not interested so much in the stuff that you don't get, but when you do get something, you know, if if you can't explain something that's going on, by all means speak up and let us know. So that was, uh, you know, actually when I was uh, I was being cast on the program, that was a huge relief for me to know that the pressure was off of me, that this was, I was not the main focus of the show. The show was about psychics and psychic abilities, and I was just sort of there as, you know, I don't want to say a third wheel, but I guess I kind of was to, you know, substantiate what they were coming up with. Um, you know, some some of our, our our peers that are on some of these other programs, I don't think have that luxury. I think I think there's pressure that's on some of these other programs to produce, you know, tangible, alleged paranormal evidence on every episode, and having that kind of pressure on uh, on somebody who's a cast member on a reality TV show at that point, I think paint places a great deal of. Um, of, of, of stress on somebody to uh, to get some results. Otherwise, they're not going to have a show anymore. And, uh, you know, maybe that opens up possible possibility of people fabricating evidence. And, uh, you know, um, I, that was not my gig. You know, I, I, told, I told the producers, I said, look, you guys came to me. I said, I will, if something weird happens while I'm sitting behind my console or I'm doing an EVP session or I'm taking photographs, if I get something, a weird image, I'll say, hey, that's a weird image. I don't immediately have an explanation for that. And they said, that's perfect. That is perfect. And they said, if you don't get anything at all as well, that's that's okay. So, you know, the pressure wasn't on me to, um, to uh, you know, put put up better evidence than uh, than I was really getting, uh, so to speak. And, uh, you for, know, I, I've seen of, some, of, of, some of these other TV um, shows. I don't think I have to mention names. We've seen uh, some of these other TV shows. We've all seen them, and we've seen some very, very questionable evidence, some stuff that's almost too good to be true. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna denounce anybody for their integrity or lack thereof, but uh, I can tell you this. I do sleep very well at night. Uh, knowing that I never, I never pulled the bull over anybody's eyes uh, for the sake of the camera. What sort of techniques did you use, and what sort of techniques did you find were helpful um, in terms of uh, validating the, and um, sure. linking uh, the information that you were getting using your equipment and your techniques sure. let, let, to let, let, that let of the crime of all, and also me... the information from the mediums. Yeah, let, let me let me go over first of all. Let me let me tell you what did not work for me. Uh, for the second season, they gave me an equipment budget, and they they said, you know, um, okay, Patrick, we've got some budget for the second season now. What would you like us to buy for you? And I just sort of rubbed my hands together and said, "Mwahaha!" <laughs> That's a dangerous question to pose to a paranormal investigator, giving me a blank check. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to keep the stuff the production company did. But uh, I said, top of the line, uh, top of the list. If if we're talking, uh, you know, uh, a budget, I said, uh, a FLIR thermal imaging camera would be um, would be especially handy. Uh, and then we kind of built out a console with me. Uh, uh, a computer console that utilized um, a number of analog inputs that I was able to interface various uh, sensors to, such as electromagnetic field sensors, uh, like like the uh, natural EM uh, meter, 
then also digital uh, uh, thermometers, thermistors, thermocouples uh, to measure the ambient air temperature. Um, and then, you know, basically at that point I was like, you know, any environmental variable that I can chart uh, is going to be of interest to me. So I, I added other things like a hydrometer to measure measure the, temp, uh, the, the humidity in the air. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff I did. Basically every every type of, of, of environmental variable I could think of was, was, was uh, you know, was possible interest of me at this point because we let's face it we are in our infancy none of us really know what we're doing or what we're up against so why not why not make a measurement of the of the humidity is there a a, a change in the relative humidity when a paranormal or a allegedly paranormal event occurs in an area let's let's find out so I started charting all of this stuff and then I we interfaced it on a computer if you see the show, uh, I'm sitting behind a console with a moving uh, line graph on it. Uh, it's basically a chart recorder. And what that's doing is it's charting the baseline readings of all of these sensors. And you know, in most instances, we expect – it was not just visual show. I wasn't sitting behind this console with this moving graph just to, to look fancy. I mean, we're actually charting data. Differences in the temperature, differences in the humidity, differences in fluctuations in the magnetic fields. Um, and uh, the chart recorder was particularly handy because you could see trends, you know, without having to visually view a location and, and timestamp and make a note of everything as it's occurring. You watch, and the computer just collects all the data, and it, it streams it out as a as a chart recorder, and you can look at it at a glance from beginning to end, and you can see at what particular times there was a bump away from the background baseline readings that we were recording. Um, for example, you know, you might see a temperature spike, uh, and not only does it show uh, when the temperature spike occurred, but it shows on the bar graph how far the the, the temperature spike uh, fluctuated. You know, you can actually see the, uh, the the ramping up and the ramping down of the temperature change. Um, you know, you you can see how long the event lasted, the duration of it. Um, this was really something that I was trying to to um, uh, you know to, to stress and 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 promote for a number of years uh, to to people. I say, look, you you've got these sensors, but a single data point to a researcher is is worthless. You you need you need a document. You need to have many, many data points collected so that you can look at trends. You can look at these these time frames of when these things have occurred. And uh, you know, I, 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 a chart recorder is uh, is a very valuable piece of equipment. Um, so, in terms of what what worked for me, um, absolutely, uh, the the digital thermometers were were, were particularly interesting uh, because I would have uh, an array of at least three of them. Okay, I would have three three thermocouples, usually placed within close proximity of one another, uh, a few feet. But we're going to have to hold uh, we that might place because we're in very close proximity to our ad break. Uh, sorry, Patrick, to cut you okay. out there. Sure. Yeah. We will return Absolutely. in a few brief moments. Yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Crackle Radio. Uh, what's the that other That was one? close enough. No, Radio what? Crackle. Radio Crackle, and where else? Who knows? We'll be right back after the following messages with uh, Patrick Burns. 
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to... Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Collett, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Menace. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Toginet. Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your TuneIn app or catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. And it's one lump or two of sugar in your tea. We've and we're back into part two of Ghost Chronicles International. Our special guest tonight is a world-famous ghost hunter and respected paranormal researcher, uh, Patrick... I can't see Sir Patrick Burns. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know we were talking before the break about the television, and, we said, and Ron did say at the start of the show we weren't going to dwell on it, but your webpage um, mm-hmm. actually highlights savannah ghost tours um which give people an opportunity to get to down and dirty hands-on with the spirit box the ovalis and encourage them to bring their own equipment along yes yes indeed um i started doing this uh last summer last august 
Um, to give you a little bit, a little bit of backup uh, for you there, uh, I've known Ron for several years. We've done a couple of his uh, uh, um, events there in Salem, Massachusetts with him in years past. Uh, Marley and I, uh, my wife and I, we lived in Boston. Uh, I moved up there when uh, she and I got together in 2009, and uh, we, uh, we, we had an apartment on the south end of, uh, of Boston for about a year. And while we were staying there, you know, of course, south end of Boston, you're paying astronomical rent, and we were, uh, we were going to paranormal conferences on average about once every, every two weeks. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd be gone for four or five days, come back, and turn around, you know, and the next thing we know, we were off to another event, another conference, flying out of Boston or driving. And uh, we realized, I, you know, we were spending a lot of time on the road. And uh, I said to Marley, I said half-jokingly, I said, um, you know, this would be a whole lot easier in an RV motorhome. And uh, she didn't realize I was half-joking about this. She took me up as that I was serious. And uh, we, we kind of tossed the idea around a little bit more over the next few months and uh we were both you know we were both sort of like yeah you know marley said i i I love boston she said i don't have any family ties there though she said we're doing all these conferences maybe maybe this would be fun maybe we could do this and maybe we could do research while we're out on the road in the rv and um we did we you know we, we lived out of this class a uh motor coach for five years traveling the country literally from coast to coast up and down eastern eastern seaboard uh, several times, and then uh, a couple of years ago, we decided, uh, you know, well, the price of gas was killing us for one thing, uh, but also the number of paranormal conferences that were actually um, viable for us to attend was starting to dwindle as well. So we decided to park our our wheels in the uh, in the Key West, literally and figuratively, in the Florida Keys. Uh, we were down in the Keys for almost two years, um, trying to make a, a go of it down there in Key West. Um, and for various reasons I won't get into right now, that didn't exactly work out for us. Uh, we, we vowed that, you know, we, we would return to the Keys, uh, but now is not our time. And uh, we were we were exploring other ideas, other places that we, we might want to settle in. And uh, on, at the very top of the short list, Savannah, Georgia was there uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, we're known as America's most haunted city. Um, you know, I've been coming to Savannah. I've been hosting conferences here since 2005, so I'm very familiar with the city and uh, already already have a bit of a reputation here. Um, so obviously, you know, from the perspective of being a researcher, I mean, this is you know, this is Mar- this is our mecca, as I like to call it. Um, but there was also another reason. Um, my boys live with their mom in the Atlanta area, which is just about four hours drive away from Savannah. Not too terribly bad. Um, and they're in their mid-teens right now. You know, they're not getting any younger. Uh, and, uh, you know, being on the road for five years, uh, you know, I missed a lot of birthdays. I mean, I missed a lot of uh, uh, you know, concerts and Boy Scout functions, that sort of thing. So I decided, you know, it's probably better for me to, uh, to be closer to home or closer to their home, rather, where uh, I can interact with them and, and, and spend more time with the boys. Um, so that was definitely a, a, a feather in the cap, a big plus for Savannah when we decided to settle here. Um, but we were kind of on the fence about things, and uh, we visited with a friend of mine named Murray Silver, uh, who is a fifth—I'm sorry, a seventh-generation Savannah, and his family has been here uh, almost since the dawn of time. It seems like, <laughs> and uh, Murray has just a multitude of, of, of connections uh, here in Savannah and internationally as well. But. Uh, 
you know, we, we visited with him and it was very interesting. Uh, uh, we visited with him last, uh, I believe it was March or April as we were just passing through Savannah. We just decided to just do a, a, a do a quick pass through as we were heading back to the Keys on our way back from another conference. And, uh, Marley said, why don't you give Murray a call and, uh, let's, let's meet up with him for dinner and just, just kind of, you know, feel him out and, uh, and see what he thinks. And we met, uh, met up with Murray for, uh, for dinner. And, uh, he said in his, uh, ever so charming Southern accent, he said, Patrick, he said, spirit is telling me, are you going back to the keys or not? And I, Marley and I kind of looked at each other and I was like, that's very interesting that spirit should be telling you that because that's exactly why we're here. We're, we're trying to figure out our next step. Uh, so this was about a year ago, 10 months ago. And, uh, uh, Murray said, well, you know, you've been coming here for years and you've been threatening to move here for years. He said, you know, he said, I, it, he said, according to what I'm getting from spirit, this is the perfect time for you to be here. Um, he said there are a lot of opportunities for you here. He said you would you would you would land here and have a ready-made job waiting for you. Basically, you know you could write your own own ticket, sort of so to speak. Uh, and to make a long story short, that's what ended up happening. Uh, Marie hooked me up with a, a woman by the name of Angela Lynn, who runs Sixth Sense World uh, Tours here out of Savannah. It's the largest tour company in Savannah. Uh, currently, we're running five different uh, walking tours of Savannah. And uh, she, it's kind of funny because Angela said that she had been praying to the universe uh, to bring a quote-unquote star ghost guide onto her team. Um, I, don't, I don't think she was referring necessarily to a, a star as in a TV star, but she needed, she wanted a, a, um, a, a guide that could, uh, you know, could kind of take her to the next level, so to speak, or her company to the next level, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we, Murray put us in touch and, uh, we did a very, very positive, uh, meeting and, uh, chat with her, uh, last spring and, uh, decided to, to make the move here to Savannah. And, uh, I, uh, became a licensed tour guide in July, started doing my first tour in uh, late August, and uh, I've been so, loving it. Patrick, I want to ask you, loving you it. said what, licensed tour guide. I mean, what do they license you for? Uh, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, it's not an unlicensed nuclear accelerator. Yeah, no, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. It, it, don't, uh, the licensing does not include a permit to use a proton pack. <laughs> um, but uh, what it does, does uh, basically what they do is they make you take a 100-question uh, historical, uh, t uh, test, history test of Savannah. Uh, they have about a hundred page, uh, tour guide manual, uh, and it's pretty comprehensive history of, of Savannah. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, and they, they, they make you, they want to make sure that their tour guides are on the up and up, know the history of the city, um, and, uh, you know, it's actually, it's not just Savannah. Uh, many other cities have, have similar um, laws in place uh, that in order to lead a walking tour or a uh, trolley tour here in Savannah, you must be a licensed tour guide. You have to pass this history exam. Now, this has recently come under challenge from some people uh, on a Supreme Court level uh, in that it's uh, a violation of freedom of speech. And um, you know, while I am a licensed tour guide, and I, I did pass the, the exam, 
kind of am inclined to to side with these people that are protesting because a lot of the history that I was I was required to cover really doesn't apply to me for the type of tour that I lead. Uh, you know, and indeed people that lead. Um, for example, a movie tour, you know, uh, where they just take you around Savannah to different um, places where, where films have been have been have been shot. Uh, the history element really doesn't apply to them. Or if somebody does a foodie tour, they take you around and show you these these uh, amazing restaurants that Savannah has. But the history of Savannah doesn't really apply to those folks. Um, and you know, in spite of the fact that you know we we all pass this extensive history exam, that still doesn't keep. Uh, tour guides from embellishing facts, uh, which is somewhat of a problem here in Savannah. Some, uh, you know, some of the, the, the tour guides are, you know, inclined to, uh, um, how shall I say, uh, bend history, <laughs> to put it politely, and kind of put their own spin on events that uh, that happened. You know, maybe maybe there's a thread of truth there. Maybe a portion. Of, uh, of of the history that they're giving is um, is is accurate, but a lot of a lot of the tour companies like to extensively embellish uh, the facts, and uh, you know just to make a more fun story. So there's no real way to enforce that. You know they don't they don't have the history police that are going around and and fact checking all of the guides' stories as they're telling them. So um, from that perspective, I I agree. I think I think that the 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 licensing. Um, uh, by 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 virtue of having to pass a history exam, is uh, is probably superfluous and unnecessary. Uh, I, I have no problem getting a permit, you know, getting background check, making sure that you know um, somebody's on the up and up and not a not a, a uh, not a felon. Uh, that I have no problem with. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of the the, the historical uh, 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 licensing of, of tour guides, I I don't really think it's it's necessary. How do you integrate the equipment? Oh, now we're all talking. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I just was—I was wondering what people could expect on the tours, uh, you know, from you and and your other guys. Oh yeah. Um, well, like I said, uh, we have—we're currently running five different tours. Uh, there's the Sixth Sense Savannah tour, uh, which is um, in its 20th year this year. Uh, the company was founded by a gentleman by the name of Shannon Scott, uh, who still works for the company. Uh, uh, he, as as another one of our tour guides, uh, but he's he's the founder and uh, the uh, the former president of the company. He started Sixth Sense Savannah back in 1995. Uh, we were the second uh, tour company on the scene here in Savannah. You know, back in the mid 90s, um, there wasn't uh, as much interest in this sort of thing as as there is today. Uh, today, I think there's over 50 licensed tour companies in Savannah. It's it's very very. Uh, 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 cutthroat, you know, as, as, uh, as they say, uh, very, very competitive here. But back, you know, in the mid nineties when Shannon started the company, um, you know, that certainly wasn't the case. He was, uh, he was the second, uh, tour company to offer ghost tours back in, uh, uh the mid nineties. Um, and, uh, that, so that tour, uh, Sixth Sense Savannah is still in its, uh, 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 running, it's, uh, in it's celebrating its 20th year this year. Uh, we also run run the midnight tour, which is, I believe, 18 and over. Starts at 10 o'clock p.m. and runs right up till midnight. Uh, and it's it's got some paranormal elements, some ghost stories in it as well. Uh, but it's also it also borders on some of the more uh, bizarre elements of of Savannah, some of the more 
uh, interesting things in, in Savannah's checkered history. Uh, you know, not just not just ghosts and ghost stories, but uh, you know, uh, stories of the bizarre. You know, uh, uh, you know Freemasonry, uh, interesting stuff like that. That's uh, that that's a, a, a fan favorite as well uh, for the company. We also run a, the America's Most Haunted City tour. Um, and uh, we also have a Bonaventure Cemetery tour. If, if it, anybody's not familiar with Savannah or uh, its, um, uh, its, its history, there's a beautiful cemetery uh, on the outskirts of town, about seven miles away from the center of town, called Bonaventure Cemetery. Um, it is, without a question of a doubt, the most beautiful cemetery I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it just has these majestic old uh live oak trees with Spanish moss dangling over them, and some of the most incredible uh, Victorian cemetery art and sculptures that you will see in any cemetery anywhere in the world. Um, and we run, we run two tours daily to Bonaventure, uh, one in, at, at 10 a.m., uh, the other at, uh, I believe, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, uh, both of the tours are excellent. Uh, Shannon, the founder of the company, typically does the morning tour at uh, 10 a.m., and let me tell you, this guy knows his stuff. He knows everything and anything you could possibly want to know about cemetery art and the significance, the symbolism, the Freemasonry, uh, uh, the, the hidden uh, elements and, and uh, Freemason uh, signs of, of uh, you know, the construction of these various grave sites. He just, he just really knows his stuff. And, uh, is a fantastic tour guide, just a wealth of information. Um, so, you know, anybody coming to Savannah, uh, a visit to Bonaventure Cemetery is a must-do. And then last but not least uh, is our newest tour on, uh, on with Sixth Sense World. It is the tour that I lead. It's called Savannah Ghosts Paranormal Investigation Tours. And my tour is kind of a um, an extension of the Sixth Sense Savannah Tour. Um, in that uh, I visit a lot of the same locations that we visit on the Sixth Sense Savannah Tour, but whereas that tour deals with more of the ghost stories and history, um, we, we do definitely have an element of that in my tour as well, but we also break out the toys. You know, we, we bring out uh, some of the, the tools of the trade, such as the Ovilus, the PX device, um, and I do EVP recordings on the fly right there on the street outside these locations. And uh, we've been we've been getting some pretty good uh, quality EVPs. I mean, in spite of the fact that I'm recording out on on a, on, on the street, you know, mm-hmm. which which presents its, its share of challenges. Recording in open air like that outside, of course, you have to tag a lot of sounds. You've got a lot of ambient noise going on, cars passing, people talking, sirens off in the distance, dogs barking. Um, you know, in spite of the fact that there is a lot of contamination in these recordings. Um, there's also a lot of really good EVP. Uh, Savannah does not disappoint. We've been batting a thousand. I've been doing this tour since late August, and uh, without exception, knock on wood, fingers crossed, though, every tour that I've taken out, we've gotten at least one potential EVP in there, sometimes more, sometimes some really off-the-hook, crazy Class A EVPs. Um, so this, this city does not disappoint. Uh, when we call city, uh, Savannah the city, uh, America's most haunted city, rather, um, it, it definitely lives up to that height. Uh, and uh, people that come here in search of paranormal activity and ghosts will not be disappointed. So I invite everybody to come on down here and, uh, and join us on one of our uh, excellent tours that we offer. 
Ronzo was yelling at me because um, I've I've had some I've I've spent some time in the southern states Alabama Mississippi and Georgia and and indeed Florida, and Ronzo was yelling at me about uh, what a nice part of America it is, uh, the people, and of course um, whilst I was over there, I did participate and partake in a number of ghost tours um, in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. Atlantic City, and Biloxi. Um, what's interesting though is, is, and it's something we, I mean, we have ghost tours here in the UK. Uh, obviously we've got a lot sure. of 14 cities, but we don't use any on the tours that they're more, um, guy in a, in a, in a Victorian costume and a top hat tells stories. Yeah. Speak yeah. Around. I, I don't, there's I don't none of this, the, uh, there's the, none the, of this electronic dressing, communication. Dressing period, or, clo- period costume or carrying a lantern or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm more inclined to just dress, you know, dress in, in, in black and, uh, you know, scare people that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we don't use any of the K2s on the tours. Uh, do you find that that's an advantage? Or is that just a unique selling point that your tours have? Well, you know, it, it, it's... Some of the equipment works better than others. Um, the K2 meters, of course, are very sensitive to a broad range of EMF uh, um, radiation. Um and you know, I'm I'm inclined. I have to I have to admit to people. I have to say, you know, this is a device we we utilize on paranormal investigation quite extensively. We've gotten some very interesting results with it, but you have to exercise a certain degree of caution incorporating it because it is very easy to get a false positive reading with it. You know, and I explain to people your your cell phone ringing can uh, can trigger a hit on it. Um, or as we're walking along, you know, sometimes we'll be walking underneath a, uh, a telephone pole with a transformer on top of it, and the K2 will bury in the red. It'll it'll just it'll slam to uh, uh, you know 20, 25 plus milligauss, and people will be like, Patrick, look, and I'll I'll say I'll shake my head and with, with a <laughs> with a disappointed look on my face, and I'll point up, and they look up and they see this this huge transformer on on the telephone pole there. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, again, just as I did on the TV show, I'm I'm honest with people, you know, that I am a skeptical believer. And I try to point out the fact that, you know, you can you can get these false uh, readings. So the, the K2, they're, you know, and again, this, this this tour is in its infancy. I'm I'm beginning to refine it. I'm, I'm figuring out what works and what doesn't work. You know, I'm still a rookie. I've only been doing this about six months. So. Um, you know, some pieces of equipment are lending themselves uh, well. Uh, I, I've also, you know, given people the millimeter to measure temperature and EMF fluctuations, and I think people kind of forget that they're holding it. You know, so I mean, we, we could be getting a, uh, a huge hit on the on the EMF element on the on the millimeter, and you know, they would be none the wiser because they're not looking at it. After about five minutes, they forget that they're even holding the thing. Um, so, you know, I'm, as I'm refining, as I'm building this tour out and, and finding our sea legs, figuring out what works and what doesn't, some of these pieces of equipment are probably going to get retired just because, you know, it, it's kind of unnecessary. Um, you know, if, if, if I do continue to use some of these equi- pieces of equipment, it'll probably be just to, you know, make somebody feel like they're, you know, like they're, they're partic- participating. Um, you know, but uh, what what I've been finding, uh, of course, obviously EVP. We're getting amazing EVP recordings on these tours, which I usually conduct and, and do the recording and playback. Um, the uh, the talking boxes, such as the K2 meter. I, I'm, I'm sorry, not the K2 meter. The PX device and uh, the Ovilus, uh have been great fun, and people have been uh, really, really, uh, you know 
creeped out by some of the things that those say, you know. And I explain to people, I say, you know, most of what you're going to get off of these off of these talking devices is just that background radiation. You're going to get, you know, random words that don't necessarily mean anything. But occasionally you get into a location where a violent crime was committed, and they start to get more specific. You know, they start to say things like murder, death, suffering, blood, stabbing. Um, and indeed, this isn't this this is the fact. This is the case. Or uh, What's really particularly interesting is the envelope has, has recently taken to heckling me on the tour. Um, I'll say something. I'll, I'll talk about, you know, this, this, this beautiful mansion dates back to 1850, and uh, I'll be report, somebody will report that just two seconds after I said mansion, uh, you know, the novelist will say the word mansion. Or sometimes it even usurps me. Sometimes it'll say the word a half a second before I do, almost like it's been on my tour enough times it knows what I'm about to say, and it interjects this before I get a chance to uh, the word the words get a chance to leave my my mouth. Really? Uh, and you know, people are people are really getting amazed by this uh, the stuff that we're getting on the tour. So um, you know, of course, uh, the, the, the the K2 and or the, the, rather the PX and the Ovilus are, are you know are, are really not terribly. Serious research devices. Bill Chappell himself puts a disclaimer right on the front of them that says for entertainment purposes only. Uh, but they are great fun to, to work with and, uh, you know, definitely give you that uh, head-scratching question mark moment when, uh, when they start to get, uh, you know, some accurate uh, res- res- results and responses on them. So people are having a lot of fun with this tour. I've been getting uh, overall very, very positive reviews uh, left for me on, uh, on these different uh, websites. And uh, people, I think, are, are really enjoying you know, being a ghost hunter for a night. That's what we call this tour, you know, become a ghost hunter for a night on, on uh, Savannah Ghosts Paranormal Investigation Tours. And, and how uh, do people you know, and how do people find the tours? And maybe uh, does the website also have any of these amazing EVPs that people can listen to? I am in, in the process right now of um, of building out uh, the website a little bit more. In, in addition to my duties as a tour guide, I also do the uh, the website maintenance. And uh, our sites are currently under reconstruction at the moment. Um, it's funny you should say that about the EVP, though. My uh, my boss uh, Angela has been saying you got to get those online. People want to hear these things. Yeah, absolutely. And indeed, I did uh, just just early this morning. I uploaded uh, the first of our um, of our EVPs. Uh, on the social media, on Facebook, our Facebook pages, uh, and those will begin to show up on our website as well in a uh, in, in a, uh, a sub uh, page on there that will have our uh, what I refer to as Patrick's greatest hits, my uh, my better EVPs <laughs> that I've recorded on here. But it, it's a daunting task. I've got literally. Can you give out the website address over. regardless before we hit the uh, so that people can can maybe store it into the browser? Yes, yes. Uh, the the website. If you want, if you're interested in, in learning about my tour, is savannaghosts.com, G-H-O-S-T-S.com, uh, or our parent company, Six Sense World, is the number six T-H. S-C-N-S-E-W-O-R-L-D, Sixth-Sense-World, bit of a tongue twister to say it, senseworld.com, and uh, you can see all about all of our different tours that we're currently offering there. Uh, when you come to visit in Savannah, make sure you all uh, hook up with us and uh, let us show you the ropes around Savannah, uh, tell you some ghost stories, give you some history, and uh, maybe give you a steer or two. 
Well, it sounds interesting. So, Patrick, uh, we're almost out of time, and I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's always good to speak with you. Say hello to Molly first. Will do, Ron. And, uh, I mean, you've been investigating for a lot of years. And, and before you go, one quick thing. Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen a ghost? I think so. Um, I think I may have seen one actually last night on my, on my tour. I was, uh, I was facing towards uh, one of the uh, women that was on my tour, and we both simultaneously saw in our peripheral vision, we saw a dark figure uh, about uh, 50 or 75 feet away from us. Uh, we both saw it at the same time, so I'm inclined to think that wasn't uh, uh, our imaginations playing tricks on us. We, we both saw this apparition at the same time, both reacted, and we're both like, did you see that? And uh, so, yeah, I think I saw one last night, maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyways, thank you, Patrick, so much for, for uh, being with us today. And uh, we've only got a few seconds left, so I, I do want to mention that tonight over at VZ, uh, we will be doing uh, the Red Light Seance uh, study group again. Uh, you can go to the Circles of Wisdom and sign up for that. Uh, give them a call at 978-474-8010, 978-474-8010 if you want to join us. And... Uh, Anything else you want to add there, Mr. Parsons? No, no, no. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You've done all your ad now, so um, there you there go. There you go. Phone 555-555. I think it's yeah. time to go. <laughs> Prince Charles is... Guys, come uh, visit me in Savannah. I've been. It's a great place, and so is Atlanta, home of Coca-Cola. Yes. So, good night, Gobbles from Ghost Chronicles International. See you next week. Good night, God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night deliver us good law.